is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trace coming to you today with a full episode, Jamal Adams news. Uh, Martha Ford has stepped down as an owner for the Lions. Dak Prescott has finally made a decision on the franchise tag. Josh Gordon wants back into the league. And we know who is on hard knocks and all or nothing, potentially. So, Trace, let's go ahead and get into the show today. I am in Fargo, North Dakota, so I might be sounding a little different on the mic. Trees just did something that a lot of us always want to do if you are a golf fan, and uh, that's it, a hole-in-one. And Trees is fresh off of that. I believe he said he threw his clubs away when he left the course. Is that true? Yeah, they're gone. I'll never hit a golf club again, and it's going to be fantastic. Um, yeah, about an hour and 20 minutes ago, uh, you know, just stepped on up to the eighth tee box, 216-yard par three. I'm like, shit, that's a long par three. I uh, have to pull out the old four iron because, you know, I'm not the strongest guy in the world. And um, fucking piped it, and look at that. Went into the hole. It was awesome. Um, playing the last hole was very difficult. Like, I didn't even want to play it. Like, I was just like, I can't beat this. Uh, I always told myself that I would stop playing golf the moment I hit a hole in one. So, but, you know, you know how it is. Like, it's the gambling addiction and stuff inside of you. I, I'm, like, ready to go out and play some more and just, you know, try to top it. So, uh, pretty awesome. I'm very excited about it. Never thought this day would come because I've never hit it within, like, four feet or five feet of the pan. Like, I'm just, like, you know, I hit it onto the green, but never, like, where I'm like, holy shit, that am I going? Just popped on in. So, that was cool. So, yeah, but, you know, everything else is going good. Utah weather's fantastic. It's sitting in the mid-90s lately, and so that's great. Yard is looking fantastic because I know everybody's worried about my, how my yard's looking. And, yeah, that's it. So let's just get to it. Why are you in North North Dakota? Uh, that's a great question. We just kind of said, hey, let's go to North Dakota. Here we are. Drove in and then realized there's not a lot to do. There's not much happening here. You can tell this is a growing city. That we're in Fargo, uh, home of the North Dakota State Bison. Um, it's a pretty city. You can tell everything's brand new, though. Like you drive around, tell it's brand new roads, brand new buildings, freshly planted trees. As weird as that may sound, but it's nice. And where we're staying on Airbnb, it's like in a new subdivision that's being built. And this is going to sound weird, but it smells really good like the air outside smells good like everyone is doing a fresh load of laundry and that smell is just escaping into the air outside it's so fresh it's refreshing honestly the houses are nice it's a beautiful area i i had a poor idea or you know like vision of what north dakota would be it's pretty great i kind of like it it's peaceful there's not any mountains like i thought there would be but it's peaceful. All right. Good to know. Good update there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll just get in, dive into the show at this point. So let's start off with some Trisivia. So I got two different ones today. I uh, decided we're going to start playing a new version of it as well. So we got the normal Trisivia that will just be random stats. And then we have uh, one that I'm calling Name That Bust. So I'm going to name the best player – or sorry, the best game of a player that we all consider a bust. Uh, I figured I'd start off a little bit easier this this week and then go from there. So I don't want to tell you the exact year that they got drafted because I think that will give it away. I'll give you like a five-year window, and then, okay. then we, 
there. So let's say from 2010 to 2015, this player was drafted and he was drafted in the top 15. He is a running back. His best game was his second game of his career where he had 23 touches, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. And his team lost by seven, 34 to 27. 34 to 27? 34 to 27. Okay. And he was running back, drafted in the first round? Yep. If you want his career stats, uh, 614 rushes for 2,032 yards. Wow. Okay. Any touchdowns? How many touchdowns Seven, for the career? 17 touchdowns in his career. 17 touchdowns. Okay. He was drafted between 2010 and 2015. And I'm sorry, he had 17 rushing touchdowns. He had 19 total. Not that that really makes a difference, but just giving you that correct stats. Okay. Huh. 614 touches, 232 rushing yards, 19 total touchdowns. And his best game was the second game of his career. Yep. Try not to be quiet here, but running back between 2010 and 2015. Is like carry on Johnson in this because he's still in the. Is this player still in the league? They're, I mean, they're done. They've got to be out since we already have their career stats. Yes, he's been out of the league for several years. No Sean Marino? Was he before that? He was before that. Uh, it is not no Sean Marino. So he's this guy's been out of the league for five full seasons. Okay. <sighs> five full seasons. Am I going to know the name right off the top of my head? You will. Just think of biggest bat, biggest bust running backs in the last even 10 years. Oh, my God. Um, yes. Okay. Uh, went to Alabama. Yeah. Running back went to Alabama. Okay. The name yep. is right there. You know who it is. So I'm going to say the name because I know you know who it is. Yes, he played for the Browns, got drafted by the Browns, went to play for the Colts. Yep, Trent Richardson. Miller. Yes, Trent Richardson, yes. And yes. that is who was yes. prospect. Okay, Trent Richardson, yes. So, good job there. So, oh, that's it? Yeah. This sucked. <laughs> so bad, dude. 3.3 yards per carry was his average. So bad. Imagine, though, like, as a fan of this team, his second career game, he basically goes for 150 yards and two touchdowns. You think you got the next guy, right? Oh, and absolutely. Then, and then 
A couple games later, two games later, he goes over 100 total yards, and then he goes over 200 yards again, and then he has two bad games, and then he goes over 130 yards, and then over 130 yards again. So one, two, five of his first eight or nine games, he goes over 120 yards. You think that you are just set at running back. Literally less than a year later, you're trading him away. And I remember when they traded him, you were just kind of like, whoa, what's going on? And then you like start looking at the numbers. You're like, oh, he actually isn't that good. And good for the Browns for getting a first-round pick back. <laughs> I just – it was weird to see that just peak so early and then just go away. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it was he's very... apparently legally blind. Is he? Kent Richardson, the only legally blind player to play in both the NFL and the AAF. Maybe that was part of his problem. You want to talk about vision. Brother couldn't see at all. He couldn't, couldn't see shit. So, wow. Okay. All right. So the next one I got. All right. So in 2000. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to word this. Okay, so how many passing touchdowns would you think an average team gets per season? Like when you go like lowest and highest, and what's what do you think the average is? 36, 37. Okay, so we're in the 30s. Okay, cool. So in 2007, the Tennessee Titans – Ended up with a ten and six record. Yep. How many passing touchdowns do you think that team had? Twenty one. No. Less. Less. Sixteen. No. Less. Less. Twelve. No. Less. Seven. More. Nine. Nine. They, they had went, nine passing. They went 10 and six in 2007. Yes, they had more wins than they did passing touchdowns. If that's not the biggest Jeff Fisher stat you've ever heard in your fucking life, I want to know what that is because that's you, insane. How did you find that? So I, I saw somebody talk about Vince Young and how he only had a couple touchdowns that year. And I so then I was like, there's no way that like he started every game that season then. And I went back and looked. Yep. <laughs> only nine. <laughs> so it was somebody talking about Vince Young's NFL stats. And then that's how I stumbled upon it. Holy shit. Could you imagine if a team in today's age, like, and given 2007 is not that long ago, it's 13 years ago, right? But, like, imagine. Imagine if, like, even, like, the Ravens, who run the ball a lot, um, they only had nine touchdowns. Like, what, Lamar still had 30 touchdown passes, right, this year? Uh, yeah, something like that. 32, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, it was in that 28 to 32 range. 
So just insane. Like even for how much they run the ball and how much he had 36 touching passing touchdowns this year. Yeah. yeah 36. Okay. Um, imagine that 27 less from him. And that's what you get from the Tennessee Titans. Hey, Vince Young was a heck of an NFL quarterback, man. You know, you got to much respect. <laughs> yep. Hey, he knows how to win. Shit. Knows how to win some ball games. So. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> that, that's. It was crazy when I saw this, and I I got this late last week, and I've been looking forward to that one forever. I probably should have found out a way to word the, the question a little bit better, but you want to know what? It is what it is. So pretty insane. All right, we will have more Trusivia next week. So stay tuned. Now let's move on to Jamal Adams. So is Jamal Adams becoming the new Yannick Ngakwe? Uh, he's getting pretty freaking close, man. I'm getting real tired of hearing about it. Just you know, you know, you don't ever want to tell a player to just like be quiet and play. Like at this point, like dude, we get we get you're not happy. Like it's understandable. We get it. It's just let it play out. Where do you yeah. want to go? Tell me where you want to go. We'll call the team and try and make it happen. Until then, just zip it. Because it's really going to come down to, do you want to stay here? Do you want to play here? Do you want to be a New York Jet for life? You do? Then shut up. Let's figure out a contract between us. Let's be mature adults here and figure this out. If you don't want to be here, cool. Still, be quiet. Let's find you a new home, and we'll go from there. I don't get why he needs to tell everybody everything and just put it out to me it's just i'm getting i'm getting annoyed hearing it that's just where i'm at you don't want to be there tell the people that need to know and go yeah the only thing that does is make you look bad yeah for me the biggest one was when he started talking to marcus may and was like hey i'm gonna really miss you as a teammate that's like exact almost exact words what yandik and gakwe said to ronnie harrison on his birthday and that's the one that just made me laugh where I was like, yeah, dude, I get it. You don't want to be there. That's fine. Like I, I'm pro player of like, you know, if you, if you want to, if you want to get out cause you don't like the organization or whatnot, like that's totally fine. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you still have two years left on your contract. Plus they can franchise tag you. So there is a legit chance that you could be there for three more years. Oh yeah. 100. And that's the other thing that doesn't make any sense. Like you're having a good young career, but it's something I talk with the guys about all the time. It's just you're you're a really good box safety. Yeah. You're an all pro, you're good at it. Are you gonna be the highest paid safety in the league? I don't know. Do you deserve to be? I don't think so. Like, I just I don't see paying a safety that much money. Yeah, I I don't either. Like I just don't see. I mean, he will be the highest paid safety for a short amount of time, right? But I still think Jesse Bates. We talked about this. The Bengals' safety is yes. the most difference maker type safety, maybe in the league that just nobody talks about. And there's a lot of good safeties out there, um, but I think Jesse Bates does just a lot more in coverage and everything than Jamal Adams does. Don't get me wrong. Jamal Adams is still a stud. I still very, very much like his game. Um, he wants no part of coming to Jacksonville, but hey, if we want to make some sort of deal with Yannick Ngakwe 
and Jamal Adams and some draft picks because, yes, Yannick Ngakwe is more valuable than Jamal Adams. Um, so, but I'd be interested. But again, he wouldn't sign a long-term deal here. So might as well just keep Yannick and go with the three-headed monster of pass rushers that they have with Chase on Allen and Yannick. But um, so I know that you've talked about it um, on Mic'd Up. I've obviously listened to it and listened to your reasoning on why he could be a chief. I'm not going to say I agree with it, but um, I know you. I, I think you've even. I think you actually even started talking yourself out of it as you were going. Um, but you, you may have just been so far down the rabbit hole that you couldn't get out during that episode of it <laughs> um so and not in a bad way i'm just saying like you, you like had your reasoning so then you started being like well maybe not this well maybe not and then it was like all right segments over but um so i what i'm trying to get at is where do you think the most likely landing spot is for him well i mean he clearly wants to go to dallas uh the only thing i wonder is like who can afford him right now? You know what I mean? Like who's going to be able to trade for him and then give him an offer to where he wants to stay? Or is there a team that just does a one-year rental? You know what I mean? Goes and puts him on a successful team. They, they do anything they can to try and win this next year. And then they let him go knowing they're not going to be able to pay him. Is that somehow a team like the Ravens? Do the Ravens somehow make that happen? Can the Eagles find a way to do that? And hopefully everyone stays healthy. How about a team no one's talking about? The Atlanta Falcons. Do they have enough capital to have him for a year in that division to make something work? You know, I'm just listing teams, but we mentioned it on the show as well. What about Tampa Bay? Yeah. You know, the guy that drafted him as the head coach, right? In Bulls, yep. Yeah. Right there in Tampa. Let's go get him for a year. We got Tom Brady. Let's try and make it happen. Have some fun in Florida. And then go wherever you, and then go, you know, where you would like to go. It's really just going to come down to he either goes to a really, really good team or he goes to a team that can offer the Jets a lot and they have enough cap space to sign Adams. And maybe Adams is just in a similar spot as he is with the Jets, but it's a different team and he's just not going to be happy. The reason I brought up the Chiefs is because I thought it would just be kind of a fun thing to go over with since we are a local show here in Missouri. Um, but then, like you said, Trace, as I started talking about it, I was like, you know, this is just a glorified Daniel Sorensen, and he made, you know, the biggest play in the playoffs to keep the Chiefs in the game against the Texans. Um, he did the same thing against the Titans. He put a big hit on Derrick Henry, really set the tone in the second half. Chiefs come back and win the whole damn thing. Super Bowl, I don't know what he did in the Super Bowl as well, because my focus was on Chris Jones and that offense making it happen. Uh, but it's just, why trade away that for a better Daniel Swanson on the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't think it makes any sense. So overall, where does Jamal Adams land? Serious, serious answer, no freaking idea. Yeah, it, it's tough. Like, I'm just trying to look at, like, teams that have cap space and can make that move. And it's very hard to figure out. And, like, somewhere that I could see – he will not go there because of their draft pick last year, but like a guy that a team that I was like, wonder where I could see him fitting is with the Las Vegas Raiders. But then they obviously drafted Abrams, not this uh, last draft a month, a month and a half ago, but the one before that, and I'm like, same player, right? Box, box type. Same. Yep. So they won't need him, but like I could see him fitting in that type of defense, but you're right. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all 
plays out there. So, um, in the end, I kind of just think that he's a Jet next year, though. I just don't see a team making the move. Yeah, I mean, I just think their general manager, uh, Joe Douglas, is just he's gonna he's gonna be smart about it. He's not just gonna give him away. Like, if yeah. you want Jamal Adams, come and get him. This is what I want. This is what we're going to get. We need to rebuild this team because if you look at it, there's not much to be excited for. And one of the best players on the team doesn't want to be here. Uh, I need something because of it because I got to somehow build something here in New York because the Giants are looking a hell of a lot better than we are right now. Yeah. So I would be surprised if he's there next year as well. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to Martha Ford, the Detroit Lions. Martha Ford has decided to step down as the principal owner of the Lions. And her daughter will now be taking over. Uh, quite the move. I think it's something that everyone has been expecting with the Lions. Um, you know, that has, you know, inside information with them or kind of, you know, leaders in the NFL have worked with the daughter quite a bit. And Martha is 94 years old. I think her time is up. One less thing for her to worry about. Live the rest of her life with that money. Go enjoy it. You don't got to stress about your team being one of the worst in the NFL year after year. Uh, Tristan, anything else you want to add to this on Miss Ford? No, I like that. Excuse me. I like like that it stays in the family. Um, I like that, honestly, I like that it stays with a female as an owner as well. I think that that's good for the sport. I think that's good. Like, we're trying to fight for equality everywhere in this, you know, in the whole country. So I think that's a good thing to do. So I love that. So all for it. Wish the Lions the best. Yeah. Moving on. Something that you probably are sick about talking about because you talked about it for 45 minutes yesterday. But guess what? You're going to talk about it some more, and that is Dak Prescott. So the guy signs his tenor, and he's $31.4 million richer. Good for him. Uh, Does he get a long-term deal signed before the season? Yes, Cowboys fans, he does. No question about it. He is signed at a four-year deal before the season starts. Really? Yeah. Damn. All right. I'm going to say that he is not. Uh, I think they're going to want to see what this team does. Uh, Are there any other holes that they could potentially go spend money on? And maybe just hold Dak off for another year um, in hopes of him just kind of being a cowboy for life type deal, but wanting to make sure that they pay him accordingly to how the season goes. Um, I think that's probably how Jerry Jones is spending. Like, hey, we can pay you a lot now, but let's say we see the QB market shoot up some more, and then you go win us the Super Bowl, that's probably even more money for you. And with the way this team is being built right now, that's an honest possibility. Maybe Jerry Jones is being a nice guy here and not trying to cut him money away, but just being like, hey, stay patient, and you might be getting anything I have. You might just be the next owner of the Cowboys if you help us go win a Super Bowl again before I die. Jay Jones might be saying that. You want my yacht? Cool. It's yours. Thanks for the Super Bowl. Um, but with that, I think it was – I said this yesterday. I don't know how you look at $31.4 million up front and say no. And I know we've talked about it here before. That is crazy to look at that amount of money on a piece of paper, on a computer, or just flat out knowing that is the amount that will be going in your bank account fully guaranteed in the next eight months. That is absolutely absurd. It is. Um, So my reasoning on why I think it's a lock that he does get a four-year deal before the season starts is – actually, you guys kind of talked about it a little bit on Mike Up yesterday of, like, 
just because he's not a top, a lot of people, he's not a top five quarterback, right? He's in that seven to 10 range, I think, or six to 10 range. That's kind of where (laughs) I agreed with you guys there. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't get number one type money. And the moment that Watson signs and the moment that Mahomes, God forbid, fucking signs for $45 million a year, um, whatever it is. Okay. So I know you're saying, for those of you that can't see Austin, Austin's pointing up. Um, like he's going to, he's going to be asking for that. They can get him for cheaper now. And I'm not saying for much cheaper, but like, let's just say it's 45 million, right? If you want to say it's 50 million a year, whatever, right? For this case, let's say it's 45 million there. You can try to get him for 38 million, 39 million a year. But the moment the Mahomes signs for 45, he's going to be saying, okay, it's my turn. And he's going to, he's going to ask for more, even if it's a million dollars more, just to say he's the top paid guy. So I think I think it's costing the Cowboys money, and I think by the time they get closer to the season, they start hearing the rumblings about the Mahomes and Watson deals and how big they might be. I think that he's going to try to they're going to try to get something done. That's my opinion. Could be totally wrong. I have nothing to back this up. This is just my the logic in my head of what I think would work. Yeah, I don't know what the amount for Watson and Mahomes is going to be, but it's going to be, it's going to be sickening uh, hearing that amount that they're going to get per year. Hey, I'll just take like a 0.1% of that check and I will be okay with my life, you know, for like six months. Uh, Moving on from Dak into Josh Gordon. It seems like this is just a carousel uh, happens time and time again. Uh, I don't know how many times it's happened now. Josh Gordon reinstated in the league, applying to be reinstated. Was he officially reinstated? He is officially reinstated. It can be a free agent. Officially reinstated in the league once more with the new CBA deal that the uh, players in the NFL signed. Uh, They're no longer testing for marijuana, or at least if they are, you're not being suspended games. You're just getting fined. Josh Gordon's probably like, where was this at my entire freaking career? I could be one of the best players in the league. I could smoke all I wanted and be just flipping fine. Here we are, though. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, where do you think that he could land? I, I I already tweeted this last week. I think with the injuries to all of the guys like Debo Samuel with the Niners, I could see him going in there and being a body for them. And even if they go, okay, the moment Debo's healthy, they could just release him and just say, hey, you helped us out for the say the first month of the season. Uh, while Debo is getting back to full health, could be a fit there. Um, I'd actually like to see him back in Seattle. I think that would be would be an awesome trio of him, DK Metcalf, um, and Lockett, I, and Tyler Lockett. I just think that would be you talk. You know, we talked about having a basketball team for your receiving core. Uh, that's pretty good. You know, you got a heck of a small forward, you got a good power forward, and your point guard is a speedy son of a gun that knows how to catch the ball and make plays every single game. Uh, that would be exciting for Seattle with that receiving core. Yeah, they bring him back, and then they bring back Clowney. I'm telling you, that team, Super Bowl bound. Like, just, that team is just in such a good position right there. Yeah, uh, do you think they eventually, hey, how about, let me re, let me reword this. Is Clowney going back to Seattle? 
I think he is. I think that he is not going to get what he wants. And so he's going to say, why don't I go back to somewhere that I'm familiar with, somewhere that I was happy with, and I know that I know the scheme already. Yep. I still think if you're the Jets, you need to find a way to make it happen. I don't know why you're not. You have money. You have nothing else to be excited for. But the Jets, the goddamn Jets. We talked about it. Said it before. Trace plug that in there again. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, let's get back to hard knocks. Uh, hopefully we have it with COVID going on when this, in the NFL season comes back. Um, a lot of more cases are popping up. We're definitely hitting that second wave with, you know, restrictions being let up and stuff. So hopefully people can keep a mask on, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, and we have something to talk about this fall in regards to the NFL and fans can go and enjoy the game, the atmosphere. Uh, but up until then, hard knocks is what comes first in training camp. And it's the Chargers and the Rams in their new stadium. We've already seen the Rams a couple years ago, right when they went to go make the move to L.A. Uh, I thought that was pretty neat getting to see that. So now we'll get to see with Sean McVay. We'll get to see what he's really like. We'll get to see how Jared Goff is now that he's, you know, been in the league a couple of years now and he might know where the sun rises and the sun sets um, instead of being an idiot at that point in that conversation. After the, after I heard that, I just gave up on him. Uh, with the Chargers, Justin Herbert, we'll get to see him as a rookie. Maybe he, maybe they ask him that. Like, hey, do you know where the sun sets and rises? And if he answers it, he's off to a better start than Jared Goff, in my opinion. But a lot of excitement there, a lot to look forward to on Hard Knocks. And then, Trace, you have all or nothing with a question mark. Do you think it's one of these or if not both of these teams again? I think it is. I think it's both. I think that they just have both crews there, and then they just go throughout the season with both of them. So I think – and I think it would be awesome. Like, you want to make I all agree. or nothing awesome. Like, more awesome because I already love all or nothing. You want to make it just elite, you have two teams going on at the same time. I think it would be so cool. Yeah, because, I mean, you look at the Rams, Jalen Ramsey's there. Potential contract negotiations are taking place on all their offensive line. They've moved on from Todd Gurley. Their receivers, we'll get to see Cooper Cup. Maybe he'll show some personality. And then you go to the Chargers, Derwin James. You got the Bosa. You got Keenan Allen. It's going to be awesome. For sure. I'm all for it. And you missed Aaron Donald again. Oh, my God. I'm starting to think you hate that guy. But – I just um, I don't appreciate him enough, and that's on me. <laughs> that, that, that's on me. But and Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey are best friends. So like, if they were ever at the facility oh, at the same are. time, like I think that'd be even cooler. Like watching that interaction. So I'm all for Damn. it. Yeah, because they played at Florida State together, like the exact same years. Uh, not the same years, but uh, when he was a junior. Uh, he was a freshman, so they played for, together for one year. But, yes. So, I think it would be sweet. It would be a lot of fun. All right. We're going to crank through this last one. It's our last offense-defense special teams that we need to get done. So, it's the AFC West, NFC West. So, I'm going to just go through it with you and just you tell me where you disagree. Offense, AFC West, obviously the Chiefs are one. Duh. Obviously. B, number two, I think that you're going to go with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, you have to. You really do have to. You'd be silly not to. Yep. Um, Three, are 
You gonna go, man? This is a tough one. Uh, you're gonna go with the Chargers and then Oakland. Yep, just because they have solidified receivers, and the only question mark is Justin Herbert, the starting quarterback, or not. Okay. No, I'm actually gonna take the Raiders. They have their offensive line figured out. The receivers aren't that bad. The Williams stepped up a lot. Hunter Renfro stepped up quite a bit. You got Foster Moreau at tight end. Uh, Derek Carr is your solidified quarterback. You have Josh Jacobs at running back. Hey, that offense might just be underappreciated. And then you throw in the speed of Henry Ruggs. Well, look out. That might be a surprising offense. Yeah. And Darren Waller, who's the, the actual starting tight end of that team. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I'm okay. I, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm still going to go Chargers, even with Tyrod Taylor playing uh, quarterback there. And then I will go with the Raiders. Okay, so I'll let you do the same thing for defense here for the AFC West. Okay, defensive-wise, I think you have to go with the Chargers. Uh, there's just stat top to bottom. Uh, then you'll go Kansas City. And then I think it's Broncos. You know, they're one of the best safeties, one of the best outside linebackers in Von Miller. Justin Simmons up top at safety. Um, and I think it's Raiders on defense. I think there's just still a lot of holes on that team. I don't know where else you would go there. Uh, do you kind of agree on that? Yeah, 100%. And actually, the, the argument was with the additions that Broncos did with Boye and Casey and those guys, did they close the gap on the Chiefs defense for a second in that division? I think they closed the gap. I'm still going to take the Chiefs because of Matt, Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones and, and company, um, Ward, who I absolutely love. Um, yep. but, but I do think that the Broncos closed the gap, for sure. Okay, so, so NFC West. This, one, this one's going to be fun. I, I don't know if we're actually going to agree on a lot of these. So who do uh, – NFC West, top offense, who do you have? Seattle. I mean, Russell Wilson, that receiving core – the trio of running backs, absolutely Seattle. Okay. I actually am also going to take Seattle. I did, I actually didn't think you were going to take Seattle there, so that might throw this off. Uh, second, who do you have? The 49ers, due to the head coach, but the Cardinals are sneaking up right there at second. Okay. So I also have the Niners, and then we both – damn it, we're the same. Okay, so uh, we're going to go. Seattle, we're going to go San Francisco, then we're going to go with Arizona, and then we're going to go with the Rams in fourth, which is crazy to think about a year, a year yeah, ago. Yeah, it definitely is. And also, I think I'm higher on the Rams overall as a team than you are. I would probably say that you are. I think what they, what, what I watched last year uh, and what Sean McVay has done, I think defenses have figured out his, like, maybe his pattern and his play calling and kind of what he does in his setup. Uh, I think he needs to do a lot more um, in adapting his playbook and his play calling. And hopefully he does up this next year because Kyle Shanahan is brilliant at that at adapting through the year and in big games. Sean McVay just hasn't proved that. So that's kind of where I'm at on the Rams uh, defense wise in this division. Do you, it's got to be the 49ers. No. Is it the Rams? It's, you're saying 49ers. You don't think I, it would be the Rams? Um, I have – I don't have the Rams as the number one defense. I still have the 49ers as the number one defense. Even losing Buckner, I still think that this team just has 
speed and talent everywhere. Yeah, you know, just seeing them losing the Super Bowl is tough to just kind of put them up top. But, you know, they were in the Super Bowl, so. Yeah. I think the defensive line's deadly. Their corners, their secondary line, yeah, Fred Warner. Okay. Like, so 49ers, when would was, you go? I would then go Seattle. Really? The Rams, Even with like, Ramsey and Aaron Donald? I love those two, right? But that's it on that defense. Losing Corey, uh, Corey Littleton was huge. Uh, Taylor Rapp's a good player at safety, but they lost Eric uh, Weddle as well. Like, losing Weddle and Littleton are two huge losses for this defense. Like, those are – oh, and Dante Fowler Jr. Like, they lost three studs on that defense. Oh, I forgot about Fowler Jr. Yep. Well, let me just go ahead and backtrack here a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to keep walking back. <laughs> You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So then it comes down to Arizona and the Rams. Do you think Arizona's defense is better than the Rams as well? Dude. Chandler yeah, Jennings, Patrick Davidson, Buda Baker. They just added Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the difference – I think the gap from – Arizona's defense to the Rams' defense is wider than Arizona's offense to the Rams' offense. Really? I think the Rams' defense is the weakness of this team. I don't, don't think it's the offense. And don't get me wrong, I still love Jalen Ramsey. I still think he's the best cornerback in the game. Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the game. They are top guys. But I think that, one, you can scheme away from Jalen Ramsey – and then Aaron Donald, yeah, like you have to deal with him. He he is he's going to be a pain in the ass no matter what. But I don't think that he can do everything by himself. I don't think that he is a one man wrecking crew. Like he's not like a Ed Reed, for example, where it's like you could do everything to scheme around him and he could still find a way to beat you from a defensive standpoint. Like mm-hmm. because he plays defensive tackle, I think that there's ways to try to move around. If that makes sense. No, that does. That's it's a good it's a good point. I never really looked at it that way, but that's a good point. Shoot. All right. Well, went from the top to the bottom. You love to see it with the old Rams defense. Yeah. So we have them fourth in both spots in this division. Offense and defense. That's what we just yeah. did. We just did that. And yet, I still think they're going to win eight games. <laughs> like, I do. How? Because I still think, I just think this division is stacked. Like, I just think that, like, we're comparing them against this when they're, they're going to face lesser competition, where if they were in other divisions, I think we'd be having them second and third in, in these categories. They just happen to be in a really good fucking division. Damn. That's going to be, I think, one of the funner things for us to watch is the Rams because that's one of the very few things I think that we're, like, on opposite spectrums of. Like, you think that they're going to be trash, and I think they're actually going to be somewhat decent. So, that'll be interesting. It, I'm just shocked that that's what we just did after being in a Super Bowl two years ago. Dude, they're just a cat. That's what you do the NFL. 
That is the beauty of the NFL. That is why the NFL is superior to the NBA. Like, there are teams that can be at the top and move to the bottom and bottom to the top in one year, if not two years. But then you have in the NBA the same, like, six teams never making the playoffs. So, it'll be interesting to see. But, all right, that does it for today. So, we'll be back later this week. Don't worry about that, everybody. We will have two episodes this week. Um, don't forget to subscribe to us. Don't forget to rate us on us. Like, we appreciate it. Leave some comments. We, we really do appreciate it. Also, thank you to all of you guys. We have skyrocketed in listeners the last couple of weeks, and we very much appreciate all of you guys. It really does motivate us to do better, to work harder, to give you guys the best content we can. So, again, we appreciate it. You can find us at Talking Underscore Football on Twitter. You can find myself at Justin Trees. You can find Austin at Austin Seaham or Austin Cham 33. I say Cham because it's easier to say, but Austin yep. really likes to make sure everybody knows it's Austin Seaham 33. But you want to know hey, what? It's I so much am. Easier to say. Speaking of that, I'm also workshopping potential new Twitter usernames. Um, if you got any ideas, throw them out there. I don't know if I should be awesome, like at awesome mic up, at big country. There's a lot of big countries out there for a Twitter handle, but I'm trying to find something because I want the numbers out of my username. And there's a person that already has Austin C. Ham, but his account's been suspended and I can't figure out how to do it. So help me workshop some new usernames, send them our way. It'll be something fun to do with you guys. So. Is, like, Austin Cunningham just not available? So, it, you can only have 15 characters. And my last name has 10 letters, and my first name has 6. So, that goes one over. It's irritating. But, yeah, I would love to just have Austin Cunningham. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to change my title to, I guess, Big Country, since that appears to be sticking for the last year and a half now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, everybody, give them some ideas. I'll start thinking about it because this is the first I've heard of this. So now I got to start thinking about it. Get the wheels turning a little bit. So, all right, everybody, we appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your week. Today we've been.